Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Fine, but at some point, panic is going to set in. I mean, gosh, it's four days away. I mean, four days away from when we're recording this. Some of you might be listening to this early Wednesday morning. And for you listening to Wednesday morning, holy crap, it's three days away. So uh, just like that, I just carved 24 hours off of it. That made me panic just right then and there. But, yeah, we're uh, we're four days away from the game of the season. Now, we've already played a game of the century. But this is now because of all that all, all that goes into this, the game of the season. Here we are. Uh, there's no doubt it's the game of the season. I mean, it's, I mean, it's always kind of the game of the season. But <clears throat> since since Saban's been there, only a few times has it felt like a true game of the season. Um, you know, probably '09 it did, uh, and I would say '10 it really didn't because we were so downtrodden. I mean, we came out. We lost with twice. Yeah, we were and, playing spoiler. That hardly ever happens for us, uh, particularly during the Saban era, but. We were just playing spoiler in 2010, trying to knock right. them out of the BCS. Right. And then, of course, um, you know, 2013, 2017, and unfortunately those didn't go our way. So um, I was listening to another Auburn show, and they had a former player on, and it, somebody asked him about Alabama and, and, you know, what was their mindset going into the game in 13 and – because he played on that team, and he said, you know, we just looked at them like they're, they're just front runners. They don't know how to deal with adversity. And I think that's how a lot of people look at Alabama. While I think it's patently untrue, I mean, Alabama's dealt – I, right. I would argue over the past 25 years, we've dealt with as much adversity as anybody. But um, – uh, not Penn State. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it. I think that's what, the way a lot of people look at Alabama because this – and again, this is something the way they look at Nick Saban, that he just out talents you, that he put rolls out five stars and just says, y'all sick them. And I'm going to sit over here and look pissed off at you occasionally. And then I'm going to go to the uh, Mercedes dealership and see what's happening there. That's not how this goes down. I mean, people just but, think we shit out another player. That's that's Who exactly that? right. They, yeah, he nailed it. Um, that's why I think this game is so crucial for his legacy. Uh, if he wins this game with a backup quarterback, with no Dylan Moses, with no LeBron Ray, with no Josh McMillan, with you know all the other injuries that are just piling up, no Trey Sanders, who we don't know much about, but I can tell you he would have played some. I it, it would shock me if Trey Sanders weren't our second leading rusher this year if he had played based on what Agreed. I've seen. Agree so, totally. Um, yeah, we missed him, and uh, yeah, this is. I don't want that to be part of his legacy because, I mean, like it or not, he's closer to the end than he is the beginning. And no um, so I, I think this is a huge game for him personally. And I hope that uh, all the players are taking it just that seriously as well. I would assume, I would uh, assume they are. You know, I, this is what is standing out to me in the early part of the week and the early hype is. Considering that Alabama is favored to win the game, there's so much negativity. And I'm talking about coming from Alabama fans. Uh, I don't know that I've ever spoken to this many Alabama fans in my life that don't expect to win a game that we are, in fact, favored to win. Uh, and, and I really think it's not so much a recognition of 
gosh, our team has a lot of holes. We aren't as good as we normally are. We're not good enough to win this game. I think to some extent everybody's kind of got bats in the belfry over, uh, you know, what we call, you know, voodoo that happens at Jordan-Hare. They're lucky breaks that they seem to get. Uh, I, I, I think it's more that than we're not good enough. But, man, there, there's a quite a bit of, of just negativity out there that I don't fully get considering considering a couple of things. Uh, considering we have had five uh, opponents, uh, five similar opponents. We, we've, played, we've played five like opponents. Alabama has beaten all of those teams uh, by an average of, I think it's, uh, boy, off the top of my head now, it's, uh, 70, it's 17 plus 6, 23 points. Alabama's won those games by an average of 23 points. Auburn has won those game, the same games against the same competition by an average of 17 points a game. So we have outplayed Auburn against like opponents. Now, that was with Tua. So it, maybe it's not the most accurate thing to look back over the course of the season and predict how this game will play out because it's going to be so different for Alabama with, uh, with Mac Jones. But one point, and I think I might have made this on the last podcast or I made it, uh, I made it in a speech last night, I'm not sure. But uh, while it is true that Alabama amassed all those offensive numbers with Tua, Alabama was doing that with Tua in one half of football or three quarters of football. Very rarely against SEC competition has Tua played four quarters putting up numbers the whole time. So I do think Alabama's offense might still put up good numbers because with at Auburn, Mack and those receivers are actually going to play 60 minutes. So maybe it is more of an apples-to-apples comparison than apples-to-oranges. You know, Jimmy, I go back to something that I said in the summer when we were talking about questions about this team, and I still don't know the answer to this question. Who's our leader? Who's who's the lead? Who's the player leader? Um, I I don't it. I would have said Dylan Moses if he had been playing. Yes, uh, that that question I think explains see, a I lot. Of, it explains a lot about this team. Now I have answers, but those answers make it sound like that you're asking the wrong question, but actually you're asking the very right question. I do question, I do question the overall leadership. Now I'm not saying that, that, that it's a failing on any specific person's fault. And some of, to some extent it is the injuries as we've, I hate even calling it a joke, as we've said all year in Dillon, we lost the two of the defense. And then later in the year, we lost the two of the offense, you know, two of, uh, and that's had an overall effect on things for sure. But one thing this team has lacked is a vocal alpha dogs. There are some alphas. They're not particularly vocal. There's some really good players that aren't particularly natural leaders like a Ruggs or a Devante who are such, such good players, but not really leaders. I would say Luke, that the leader uh, of the offensive line is probably Jed Wills, and the leader of the skill group is probably Jerry Judy, and the leader of the offense was sort of Tua. But we're not talking about guys that you would rank on the all-time list of Alabama leaders and captains. On the defense, it's a little bit worse. Uh, I would say, to some extent, Anthony Jennings is probably the alpha dog of the defense, and Xavier McKinney is someone I would identify as a leader on that side of the ball, digs a little bit. But, uh, yeah, 
I mean, when you're talking about great leaders like Reuben Foster, like Rolando McLean, like Jalen Hurts, like A.J. McCarron to an extent, uh, I mean, when you're talking about, you know, just who is the captain, that's a, that's a hard question to answer with this bunch. It, it, it just sometimes personality-wise works out that way. Yeah, and I mean, everybody that you mentioned as a potential leader, I think there's a there, there's a flaw, and I could counter all yeah. of them. I, I'm not going to because I don't want to take shots at anybody or at least be perceived to be taking shots. So I, my point is, because I'm asking the question, that means it's a problem. And, um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's an issue. It's a problem. And not somebody, the problem, but a problem. A problem, not the problem, but a problem. So somebody's going to have to step up. I feel like, you know, a lot of the guys that you would have thought were leaders. Um, Xavier McKinney may fit the mold as much as anybody, but somebody like him is going to have to step up and say, hey, don't don't worry about any of your sacks. Don't worry. You do your job today and good shit will happen. And I think that's the way Alabama has always won. If everybody will just do their job, don't worry about, you know, how they're looking or how many sacks they have or how many tackles for loss they have, or how many receptions they have. If everybody will do their job, everybody will eat, and everybody in the team will win. I, I, you were talking about Alabama and, and and Auburn's common opponents. One thing I found, and I'm going to give a credit to JBlackB042 from uh, Bama Online. He put this out there talking because somebody said, look, he, he had a prediction of 37 to 20 or something like that in favor of Alabama. And somebody came back with, you know, LSU only scored 24 on Auburn, which is true. But Alabama's D versus LSU, 79 plays, 559 yards given up. That's seven yards a play. Auburn's D versus LSU, 69 plays, 508 yards, which is 7.4 yards per play. And I, I would also say that because Alabama is so much more of a quick strike offense, it generally gives the offenses more time to come out there and get more shots. Right. You know, Auburn is Auburn's a little more ball control than we are, which is kind of weird to say. It is kind of weird to say, but the it's truth. true. So I, I just – I found that interesting. Yeah, LSU it did is. double up. You know, they put, what, 46 points up. They almost scored double what they scored against Auburn, but they had the opportunity, and you and I talked yeah. about that in the podcast. Yeah, yeah we talked about how it's a, a, a you know, really – uh, if you if you look at the math, uh, it, it's a guideline and not a rule. So don't just take this and go, oh, 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 Jimmy said uh, that the math works out perfectly. No, it doesn't. But uh, as a general guideline to college football, 100 yards equals eight points. Uh, that That's just kind of been the typical number over time. So the fact that LSU had uh, 500 yards against Auburn means they should have scored a typical 500-yard game. You're going to score 40 points or right at 40 points and uh, – and they didn't, so that game just sort of played out weird. Uh, I, I stick with with what the original math that we talked about on our show, even though that is an extremely interesting uh, post, especially for a message board poster. So shout out to that dude uh, for for a really good take. Uh, but I, I, I think that again, the common opponents indicate something that just sounds really true. Auburn's defense is one touchdown a game better than Alabama's. And Alabama's offense has been two touchdowns a game better than Auburn's. And that's what's going into Jordan-Hare. But how are we going to sync up two things here? The absence of Tua and the fact the game is being played at Auburn. 
And, and the way I sync those things up means it tells me that this game is going to be extremely tight, uh, that it's going to be close, that these two teams are very evenly matched. Once you remove Tua, the teams are very evenly matched. And with the game at Auburn and with Tua out of the equation, uh, it, it's very likely to come down to one play. And uh, who's going to make it in the fourth quarter, Alabama or Auburn? Um, neither team is great at kicking the football through the uprights. Neither team is fantastic at that. That could be a factor. Uh, Alabama doesn't punt the ball very well. There's liable to be several punts. That could be a factor. Auburn gives up lots of punt return yards, and Alabama has the best punt returner in the United States of America. That is likely to be a factor. So lots of uh, lots of interesting things out there that uh, may keep it close. And, hey, maybe Auburn offense plus defense ends up a, a, a touchdown better than Alabama, but Alabama evens it up because of a waddle punt return. Or Alabama gets really good field position because Auburn – uh, ties themselves in a pretzel, doing everything they can to kick a punt out of bounds, so Waddle doesn't make a play. Uh, right. So, so you know that's an, and that could be an advantage to Alabama. So, I still feel very optimistic about the game. Uh, I believe that Alabama is the better team. I believe that. And by the by what I mean by that is it's just my opinion, and it could prove wrong. And if I'm wrong, I'll be the first to admit it on the podcast that we record on Sunday. But uh, I think. Even with all the injuries, Alabama has more good players on the field Saturday than Auburn. Therefore, Alabama should win the game. Uh, if Auburn wins, I will not be surprised or shocked. Uh, I do think this Auburn team is good, if not very good, and I would consider Auburn's defense to be elite. So uh, beating an elite defense on the road with your number two quarterback, I can see why there is some concern in, uh, in Tuscaloosa land, uh, just with that uh, equation alone. But I still say Alabama's got more good players than Auburn. And further, I, I feel this way, and again, I may be proven wrong Saturday, despite the loss of Tua, Alabama is, is still has the advantage of quarterback. I will take the redshirt sophomore Mac Jones over the freshman Bo Nix based on what I've seen from Bo and from Mac in 2019. I take Mac. I tend to agree with you. And speaking of 2019, it's 2019, people. Just get with the program. With Roman, you can get free, get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. If you can't visit Roman right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On Sponsors at LockedOnPodcasts.com backslash offers. I had a thought, Jimmy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> now I was just letting you know. I, I didn't want to tell you about it. No. Um, I, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I got, man, also, I've got a man. My, my throat is killing me. I think, you know, I got a three year old and, and their mission in life. Do you have a stiff neck? Directly into do your you mouth. A, do you yeah. have a stiff neck? Do you think I, do you think some, some kind of medication got stuck in my throat. Is that what you're <laughs> saying? You swallow Roman. <laughs> I knew that's where this was going. I mean, uh, that's and like while I was reading that, I was like, "What am I?" You know, I was I was trying to multitask in my brain. Like, what am I going to do after this live read? So I have to wait for a minute. And I tried to wait long enough, and it wasn't long enough. But anyway, um, <laughs> I had a thought. 
Yes. This also probably doesn't go well with my live read. But uh, I think one of the keys to beating Auburn is to keep Gus Malzahn's sphincter tight. I, you have to keep him on edge. All right. What I mean by this, you know, Auburn started letting up a little bit, started loosening up a little bit when they were down 21 to nothing to Georgia because they had to. They, they had no choice. They had to, they had to get in their high-octane offense and make some shit happen. Now, Georgia also went into a little bit. They weren't playing total prevent, but, I mean, they loosened up on D2 because that's what, that's what conventional wisdom says to do. Well, when that happened and the Auburn crowd got behind them and all of a sudden they have all this momentum, you know, it sort of flipped the game and almost screwed it up for Georgia. And I think about, you know, when, when my point is, I want Alabama to have a 10-point lead perpetually. Like if have a 10-point lead, Auburn kick a field goal, we go down kick a field goal, 10-point lead again. They score a touchdown, we go down score a touchdown, 10-point lead again. I just want to keep – I want to keep them at a spot where Gus Malzahn has to call pressure-packed offensive plays because he doesn't seem to be good at that. He's, he's, he's at his best when he's like, hey, I'm going to throw caution into the wind and do some shit, or – when he's got a, he's already got a big lead against Arkansas or, you know, one of the know nothing teams in, in, uh, in the SEC or, or one of the other shitty non conference teams he plays. I, I, I like it. And I certainly like the idea of a 10 point lead because one of the things I've convinced myself, and when I convince myself of something off and end up wrong, so that's good news for this, but I've convinced myself that Auburn will score a touchdown on their first possession, if not their first two possessions. And I've just sort of convinced myself that that's going to happen and we're going to have to play from behind the whole game, which is really tough on the road. But I've convinced myself that's what's going to happen. So I hope you're right about getting out to an early lead. My controversial take uh, in terms of what I think we, we might should do in this game, uh, and, and a lot of our listeners will not like this at all, but hear me out. I, I like, look, we don't have two up. We're worried we're not going to be too explosive. I'm not saying we do this a third of the game, but I want to do something a little different that takes some pressure off a of Mac. And that's a, I wouldn't mind seeing quite a bit of Slade cat out there and, and, and doing something just in the sense, I don't know how much Auburn's going to work on that. I also don't think we've shown all we can do out of that because Slade Bolden is a talented passer. This was a quarterback at West Monroe high school a quarterback at West Monroe. That's like being the quarterback at Hoover. This is big time, top of the line, top of the enrollment, maybe the biggest public school football factory in Louisiana is West Monroe, and Slade Bolden was the quarterback there. This is a kid who can throw the ball. And we haven't thrown it a lot uh, with Slade off the top of my head. I think he's thrown it once, if that. Uh, and I, I, I would He threw for a touchdown. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. He did. He threw, he threw a touchdown pass for a tight end. Yeah, to yeah. Major Tennyson, maybe. I think um, that's right, because that was after think, Tua was yeah. hurt. Right. So I, I like that in the sense that how much has Auburn really worked on it? How much have we really shown of it? And maybe we get a big play or two out of it, because Auburn is so good on defense. I, I feel like most likely our scores, if we score quite a bit in this game, I think it's more likely to be on chunk plays than on long, time-consuming drives. I think it's likely to be more chunk plays. And I, I think there's a chunk player too to, to be gained from a uh, Slade. Now, that being said, you know, the, the negative Nellies on that are going to go Slade hasn't played a lot of snaps. It's loud. It's, he's inexperienced. Uh, this, this has turnover written all over it. I, I don't disagree with that. 
but I also think we've got to gamble just a little bit with not having two out there. And uh, I'm a big believer in Slate Bolden. Uh, I've always felt since the day we signed him that he was going to be a critical role player in, in terms of helping us make Judy or Devontae or a rug to show that he's some sort of first round wide receiver talent, that he would be a player that we use at moments. And, and there's a lot of big moments on that kid. So, uh, so that's my idea. You know, I want to say honky cat cause that's funny, but I don't, I'm not sure I can, I can say that. Honky cat's funny and, because I'm a big Elton John fan, but Slay, oh, yeah. we'll stick if with we Slay don't Cat. Get we'll pretend I didn't say that and we'll just go with Slay Cat. It's the greatest Wildcat <laughs> nickname of all time. I can't think of a better one. And I did not invent that. Uh, I, I stole it as I steal most of my good material from uh, from some, some message board post or something. And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed and I then usurped it. Um, so... You had a speech last night, right, at a Red Elephant Club. I mean, can you tell us your speech, or is that secret shit? Uh, I guess it's secret. It's secret shit. I wouldn't want anybody uh, saying what I said, although I don't have a lot of inside scoop. It wasn't exactly uh It wasn't exactly uh one inside scoop bomb after another. I just uh, I just uh, gave speech, but yeah, I spoke to a uh, Red Elephant Club uh, last night and uh, went really well and uh, was treated great and. Uh, you know, there's nothing better to talk about uh, than Alabama football. Boy, you you cut out on most of that, and I think I'm going to be able to edit it. But uh, it seemed like you had a really cool thing to say, and then you it it came back perfectly with I like to talk about Alabama football. So when I edit it, it's just going to be you saying I like to, I like Alabama football, and it's not going to sound nearly as cool. Oh, you're out in your car now, aren't you? <laughs> I'm out of the I'm out of the car now, but but the weird thing is, uh, yeah, right right about the time you were telling me that you couldn't hear me, I couldn't hear you. So, so so oh, good. This we're is, even. This is, this is working out gloriously. Um, okay, so <laughs> do you want Vegas, do you want me to say something over again, or we're good? Ah, uh, let's just. I mean, we're gonna let it roll. It's Thanksgiving week. Everybody kind of knows. I'm sick. You're you're bad at tech. Everybody's I'm cool with this. <laughs> um, Everybody so, knows that uh, by now. Uh. The Vegas spread is has moved, gone from three to four in most spots. I don't think that means a whole hell of a lot. I mean, some people just go crazy when the line moves a point. It doesn't mean shit. If the line moves seven points, that's when you go, oh, my God. But when it moves yeah, a half a point uh, or a point, you just chill out. It does appear – I guess it's fair to say, though, that the early money seems to be on Alabama. I mean, is that fair to say? Yeah. I'm not too surprised. Uh, we're not just, you know, one of the reasons Vegas loves us is because gamblers love us. That's right. That's why gamblers love Alabama and they love betting on Alabama. And that's why the spread is so high all the time because a lot of gamblers see high lines, but but they're going to bet on Alabama anyway. So, you know, I sort of like it, but uh, but I wouldn't read a lot into it. I, would, I, would, I wouldn't let that grow my confidence. If Alabama wins the game, it's because we have more more good football players than Auburn. Um, That's and before before we wrap up, we'll talk about the Iron Bowl a couple more times, and we're going to do a podcast on Thanksgiving, aren't we? Yep, we can record even on Thursday, late Thursday afternoon, like after two. Okay, you're what happens is your phone goes from internet service to wireless back to internet. You must have just gotten home. I have just Did gotten you just home. Just get I'm home outside in the 
I'm outside in the yard and it's that crazy thing I tell you about, like right around at five o'clock where the internet service isn't great because of the traffic jams uh, that are within 200 yards of my house. There's a traffic jam every day at five o'clock. I'm convinced that's why internet service on the phone doesn't uh, doesn't work well. I've convinced myself this is true. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's just wrap this up then with Alabama, <laughs> North Carolina tomorrow. Well, first of all, college football playoff rankings come out tonight. We're doing this mm-hmm. before that comes out. I suspect there'll be no changes. Right. Um, and that's really all that matters is the top six. Right? Correct. Correct. And I, and I think that'll be the top six. I mean, I, I think it'll be LSU one, Ohio State two, Clemson three, Georgia four, Alabama five, Utah six. That's what I'm expecting to see tonight. Uh, I, I'm, I'm really confident that's true. Uh, we'll be If you're listening to this podcast and we're wrong, feel free to tweet at us and make fun of us like our wives do. Yeah, and in fact, I feel pretty certain your wife makes fun of me and my wife makes fun of you. I mean, it's like, it's not just it's exclusive to each one no. of us. You know, respectively. No, it's a club that um, made jackets and everything. Well, okay, so Alabama, North Carolina tomorrow in the battle for Atlantis at 1.30. Uh, haven't seen a spread yet. My guess is it'll be somewhere around 15. I mean, just off the top of my head. In the um, battle for Atlantis, if you win Atlantis, then what? You fight Aquaman. Oh, shit. Well, I've seen Aquaman. We better root for North Carolina tomorrow. Well, that's that would be my first question. Is this the Jason Momoa Aquaman, or is this Super Friends Aquaman? Because I think we can beat Super Aquaman. Friends Aquaman. Super Friends Aquaman is like the worst superhero. He swims fast. What? So... so? So, how are you going to defeat evil swimming fast? Well, did, did there was a great family guy. Swim meets? Did you ever see the the Family Guy yeah. when uh when like uh they they showed this guy was like trying to trying to uh get on a girl and she was like somebody help me and Aquaman comes out of the ocean he's like man you better not bring that that mess into my ocean now I can't do anything you know. I can't do anything <laughs> while while you're on the shore, but man, you come into this ocean, I'm gonna kick your ass. Uh, Jimmy, your your mobile traffic jam theory is acting up again. I think you're talking and nobody can hear you at all. This is amazing. Um, all right, folks, Jimmy, as you have clearly heard, is experiencing many technical difficulties. You have no idea how many minutes of this I'm going to have to actually cut out to get a podcast out to you this time. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Locked On Bama. We do so much appreciate you guys and thank you for your patience when we have moments like this. And when I, when we joke that Jimmy has a gerbil in a wheel connected to an old car battery powering his modem, we're not kidding. The man has no idea how to use modern technology, but he is brilliant when it comes to Alabama football. So you have a little give and take. So that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Bama. We will catch you guys tomorrow. Roll Tide.